Paranormal Perception is a full-bodied apparition summoned by 22 Creations Multimedia LLC. Taking a look at the unseen world around us. A world of shadows. Unheard whispers. Restless souls. Strange creatures. We'll explore these topics and more. Not for answers. It is called the unknown for a reason. Come and find me. By the end of this episode, you'll have a new perception on the paranormal. I'm watching you. Paranormal Perception. With Henry San Miguel, Wednesday Darkling, and Raven Hawthorne. We are all here. We weren't scared. We just missed a week because things happen. That's all. So and and, and I think we're done with the uh, didn't mean to turn it into that, but it, we're done with the uh, the ghost hunting one hundred and one. We might have one more somewhere down the road, uh, but we're done with that. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna tell you about something that's still kind of cold, still raining. Yeah, so you might wanna besides watch something scary, you might wanna read something scary. So. There's a new book that's coming out. Uh, it's part of a series called the Dark Passage series. It's by Jerry Nag. He's the author. Uh, and Jerry actually does a lot of things. We'll get into that as we as we talk to him because he's joining us this week on Paranormal Perception. So, Jerry, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I feel like I'm on, on one of those paranormal investigator shows on you know on Discovery Channel at two o'clock in the morning. Really cool. Well, except I forgot to put on my black t. Well, Wednesday's got the black t-shirt. I forgot mine. We don't. We don't have the lights. It's in the middle of the day. So there's there's that. That's the only thing that doesn't make it feel like that. Um, but let's let's start talking about your book. Actually, it's it's not a ghost hunting thing. It's not anything. It's about vampires, not the ones that sparkle, not uh, real vampires. Uh, it's a pretty interesting story, actually. And I'll tell you. I'll let you tell you all. Um, tell them all about it. Don't spoil anything we don't do spoilers on here i mean if you want to go ahead we'll let you get the complaint you, you ruined it jerry why why'd you tell us everything so go ahead and tell them what the dark passage series is all about <laughs> yeah i ruined my own books uh the dark passage series uh the first one is the dark truth it uh is a modern day empire story it's set in san francisco it's uh about a professional woman who's kidnapped and transformed into a vampire and Basically, the entire series is all about her and, and how she learns how to become a vampire, how she learns how to survive. But she's also after bloody revenge when it comes to the person or the thing that transformed her into a vampire. So the whole series, is the entire arc is, is about her becoming a vampire, learning to survive, seeking revenge, that kind of thing, as she terrorizes the San Francisco Bay Area. So you could have set this anywhere, and like a lot of vampire stories, they're set in like Eastern Europe. Like we've got Dracula, and Dracula is the first vampire story, and is set in Transylvania. And then we've got like the Twilight series, and it's set in like some secluded area in Washington. I don't know. I've never actually read the Twilight series. You guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, but so why did you decide to set it in San Francisco? 
It seems like a kind of like an interesting well, place to set a vampire series to me. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you know, some of the, the best movies I've ever seen, the city or the setting becomes another character in the story, you know, and if you look at a lot of the, uh, the film noir from the, you know, the 30s, 40s, and 50s, a lot of that is set in either Los Angeles or San Francisco or New York and those places. The, the cities become a, a secondary character. I read The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley and there's this little small town right outside of where the story takes place. And she turns this little town into another character. And it's only there for about a chapter. But you're, you want to know more about this little town. The house. The house is a character in that story. So I like to take the setting and have that be part of the story interwoven in. And years ago, I did a vampire tour in uh, New Orleans that I thought was really, really neat. And I got to see parts of New Orleans that you can't see any other way. And I thought, you know what? San Francisco is one of those places with a lot of dark corners and a lot of twists and turns in in the city that I thought – you know what, this would be a great place to set something dark, gritty, and spooky. Yeah, and especially with all of the, you know, the old cemeteries that used to be there and, you know, just the history of the city. I, I definitely can see there being some some creepy stuff going down in, Sa- in San Francisco. So about Yeah, and creepy Car- people, too. Uh, yeah, creepy people, too, that's true. So, with your main character, what can we find in your main character that we don't get in other vampire stories? Well, first of all, she's off. She didn't ask for any of, of what happens to her. But what I think is unique about her is that she's not woe is me about it. She decides early on that, like, I'm going to own this. I'm going to become this thing. And embrace all that goes with it. It doesn't mean she's happy about it, but what I think is it's very experiential. It's written in first person. So you ride along with Elizabeth and see through her eyes all the things that go on with this transformation and, and how she has to um how she has to survive. And the other thing is too, you know, and and this kind of gets forgotten in some of these stories. Well, you know, she has to worry about her hair. She has to worry about making a mess. She has to worry about an outfit change. She can't run around San Francisco in the same grungy clothes, bloodstained that she's worn for the last three weeks. So I think, I think what you see with this one is it's, it's about becoming something else, but trying to keep that semblance of, of humanity just so she can mix and mingle with the, uh, the people of San Francisco that she doesn't stand out, but it's, it's all about, you know, how you see it through her eyes and, and how she becomes this thing. So for other people who like to read vampire stories, how, what would you say to them to encourage them to read this book? What makes your book stand out amongst all of the vampire stories out there? I think genres evolve over time, right? And I think in the vampire genre, I think we've forgotten about a lot of the things that we loved about it in the first place. And I think what I'm trying to do here is bring back some of those tropes, some of those, uh, some of the mythology that we had 
you know, like you'd mentioned Dracula earlier, but a lot of those, those early vampire stories, you know, um, vampires couldn't see themselves in, in mirrors. They were afraid of religious iconography. Um, I think we've legislated a lot of that out of vampire stories. I think part of that is because society's changed over time and, you know, people become less and less religious over time. If you look at the numbers uh, for church attendance has been dwindling the last, you know, decade or so. Um, but I think, I think myths and their mythologies are very important. And I think when you read this, you're going to see a callback to um, some of these old tropes. Vampires had OCD. There's a reason why the Count on Sesame Street, you know, is a vampire obsessed with numbers. There's all kinds of different things. The the running water, the um, being afraid of crosses and the Eucharist and things of that nature. Um, I think it's a callback to the the tropes and the mythology that, that made the vampire genre what it was in the beginning. Yeah. It, again, without getting into too many spoilers, the, 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 that's a little bit of what you hear, what you're going to read in the, in the books. Now, mo most authors that come on, they always say that the, especially the main character, but a lot of the characters in the story, they, they represent either somebody they know themselves, a part of themselves for you. Who did you base the character on? Uh, was it a, a vampire? If it is, do tell that story. Uh, who who is uh, who's the main character based on? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to say it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of me in Elizabeth. Um, there's some of Elizabeth that's made up. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, some of the things that um, like she's involved in. She works in public relations. I worked in public relations. Ugh, public relations early on in my my uh, professional life. Um, she's a member of public relations society of America. I was a member of public relations society of America. Um, you know, there's, there's some differences. Uh, she really likes Southern rock for some reason. Um, I like it. Okay. But I'm not as big a fan as Elizabeth is. So, uh, she's a big George Thorogood fan and I'm not sure why. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, very much me. In, in that in that character, it's the wit, it's the prolific use of profanity, it's um, you know getting knocked down and getting back up again, and I think that's the the big key, at least for me, was you know having this life altering literally thing happen to her, and she didn't let it defeat her, and I think that that's a lesson you know, we can all learn from, right? Regardless, you get knocked up again, and you. Uh, other characters that I've drawn inspiration just in life. Uh, there's a character named Steve. He's every overgrown muscle head you've ever seen in the gym that you go like. Um, there's the uh, you know stereotypical bubble-headed bleach blonde best friend. Um, you know she's. I think she was inspired by um, a character in the uh, the '98 Godzilla film. She's Matthew Broderick's uh, love interest, Audrey. She's kind of inspired by that character. Um, and, you know, a few characters here and there as you go along. The detective is a cross between Columbo and uh, Detective Mills from the movie Seven, played by uh, Brad Pitt. So I think um, you know, there's definitely some real-life influences on, on almost all the characters. Yeah, and, and speaking of real life, uh, based in, in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, is 
what what about it? Uh, I mean, I, I we're I'm in San Francisco. Uh, I can probably answer that question. But what 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 about the city makes makes it the perfect setting to put vampires, in, especially this type of vampire in? Well, first of all, there's a lot of places to hide, so there's a lot of you know great places for for vampires to, to blend in and and find hiding places and uh, plenty of. I mean, how many? victims do you have to choose from in san francisco there's plenty of them great feeding ground but the city the, the history the uh, the architecture uh, you know all the different things that that makes san francisco a great tourist destination a great place to live all those different things also go into this great um you know this great atmosphere or setting for a vampire story the nightlife in san francisco um you know, just um, just what the things that make San Francisco great, and uh, it's uh, you know the neighborhoods. The neighborhoods are varied and different, and you know, also too, I'm a big Jack Kerouac and and uh, fan of the Beats. So you know, a lot of the the uh, mythology surrounding Allen Ginsberg and and Neil Cassidy and those guys, you know, that's interwoven into San Francisco. So that had a lot to do with my, my choice of location as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's just one of those places. It, it really is. There's, um, there's a mythic quality to it, a mystique to San Francisco. And I think it, it really lends itself to the bridges, the, the fog, the fog has its own Twitter account. <laughs> if you don't follow Carl, the fog, you're missing out. And Carl the Fog does get a reference in the, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's just one of those places that it's romantic, but it's also uh, got a dark side to it. And I think, um, you know, I think it's a perfect place for a vampire story. Yeah, it definitely has its own, you know, character to it. So you have two books that you can purchase right now. And then your third book is out for pre-sale. Is that right? Yes, it is. A release date is March 18th. The pre-sale just started uh, this past Saturday, and you can order it through uh, any number of outlets. Uh, but um, you know, Amazon is probably the easiest for most people. It's called The Dark Terror, and uh, like I said, March 18th is the release date. So you got uh, got about five weeks uh, to uh, to order it and have it delivered right to you as soon as it comes out. And if you haven't read the first two, um, you know. Um, they're not the longest books in the world. They're, uh, um, you know, they're, they're fast paced. They're, um, easy to, easy to get through because those are the types of books that I love to read. I like to read books you can't put down. And a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is, you know, people have gotten through these in one sitting or, uh, in a couple of days. And so highly recommend you get the dark truth and in the dark descent and get ready for the dark terror because it's coming March 18th. And I have a link to everything, uh, including the new, the new upcoming one on the show descriptions. And, and in fact, we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to have Raven do her weekly tarot reading. When we come back, we're going to have Jerry talk about special events, especially for those of you here in the San Francisco Bay Area, a special event that's happening uh, in April, tied into the to the third book and really to the entire series. And it's very apropos as we were just as we just heard Jerry talk about uh, San Francisco and using that as a setting so we'll talk about that right after this readings with Raven Hawthorne hello everyone Raven here hope you had a great weekend 
and we go ahead and see what the cards have for us this week. And as always, I go ahead and draw the cards right before I start the reading. So we'll dive right in now. And for the self card, we get the Four of Wands. So this is a really great card to have currently. So this is kind of showing some really great harmony and balance and good times kind of flowing in your life right now. Um, on the card, we see a man and a woman dancing underneath a canopy. So really, it's again showing that joyous time in your life right now. So a lot of good things happening for you. Oftentimes this can mean harmony in relationships. So uh, like not really taking a step forward, but just kind of vibing together really well at this current point in your relationship. It also speaks of relationships with work, uh, with regards to family and friends all around you. A lot of times this card can mean a party, so going out, whether it be a wedding, maybe it's a, a birth in the family, um, it could even be just a party, just saying, let's go out and get a get a couple of drinks with some friends. So good things flowing. This is this is a great time to just kind of step back and look at all the good things around you. Look at the relationships in your life and, and see how great they are for you and what each person brings into your life. For the situation card, we have the Two of Pentacles. So this shows me that you're extremely busy right now. You are juggling a lot. So we see uh, the page on the card is balancing on a wire um, with the Two Pentacles, trying to keep up in the air. And yes, there is a lot going on, but it seems that the page knows just how to continue, just how to walk this rope and juggle what she has. So with this, there's a lot of things going on for you, a lot of things going on in your home life, a lot of things going on at work, and sometimes it's hard to find a balance in between that. You almost kind of feel like you're torn in two and you can't quite walk that rope. You're kind of, you're feeling a little bit wobbly. So this card is a reminder to step back, just take a moment, take a breath, see what you actually are dealing with. So let's look at your home life. What are some things that you can change to make it easier for yourself and also the people involved? Sometimes it's making a list of remembering things that you have to do. Sometimes it's making a list and looking at things that actually can be cut or things that you can delegate to other people. And that also reflects into your work life as well. I know that work can be really stressful and really busy. We all have that issue. But are there things that you are making more stressful for yourself? Are some things more important than others? Can you delegate? Can you ask for help? Can you call on a, you know, on a friend, on a coworker, a supervisor and say, hey, these are some things that I, I could use a little help with. So it's really all about finding that balance. And maybe some of you already have. Maybe you're already at a point where you've got a good flow and, and yes, you're busy, but you've got that balance. So the last card, the challenge card, we got the Seven of Cups. And this kind of correlates a little bit into the Two of Pentacles with just a lot going on. Uh, the Seven of Cups, there's a woman 
on the front of the card and she obviously has the seven cups before her and what we see is different things provided in each cup. It, it just signifies that there's just a lot of things that she is daydreaming about, a lot of things um, that she's possibly thinking of starting or has started. There's just a lot of, a lot of like head stuff kind of going on. And it's really a card that says, hey, your head's up in the clouds too much. You're in your own mind too much. You're trying to take on too many different creative endeavors all at once. You, you really need to pick a card, you need to, or not a card, a path. You need to pick a path and you need to really focus on that. So what is it that you want to manifest in your life? You know, you, you have to remember that thinking about it often does bring it about. So what is it that you really want? Um, do you need to stay a little bit more grounded? Yes, absolutely. So base your ideas in reality. If if it's something that you want, make a goal, manifest it, make it happen. You know, write it down, take the steps to uh, finally getting to this point of manifesting of what you actually want. So that's what the challenge really is, is to just not not daydream so much and not think about 20 different things that could be a possibility. Focus on the one thing and, and make just make it happen. Like stop dreaming about it make it happen. That is all that I have for this week. Uh, if you do want a personalized reading, you may reach out to me um, through my email. It's all one word, lowercase. It's random rambles with an S period elf, E-L-F at gmail.com. I am always happy to do readings for people, and I will get to you in a timely manner. Have a great rest of your week. Love and light to you all. That's this week's reading. Follow Raven Hawthorne at Ravens and Ghosts at Ravens underscore and underscore ghosts. Perception continues. Continuing on, a very fun conversation with Jerry Nag, the author of the Dark Passage series. Again, the new one, the third book is coming soon. You can pre-order it right now. I have a link to everything, the first two if you haven't read those, and also the uh, the upcoming third book on the, sh- on the show description. But right now, let me have uh, Jerry, let me have you talk about something special, like I said, that's coming up. Uh, on April 6th here in San Francisco, very appropriate for the uh, for the setting of the book. So go ahead and talk about what's going to be happening on April 6th. Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, this uh, vampire tour thing in New Orleans, which I thought was really, really cool. So um, I'm teaming up with the Vampire Tour of San Francisco, and that is um, run by a, a woman named Kitty, who I know you're familiar with, and... Kitty and I have been talking back and forth for the last couple of months, and we are going to have on April 6th at 7 o'clock on the corner of California and Taylor Streets, we're going to have the Dark Terror San Francisco Vampire Tour. We're going to hit all of all of uh, Kitty's spots on her tour, and we're also going to uh, tie in several locations in and around the tour, uh, tie in those locations uh, that are referenced in the book. Almost every location in the series is a real place. I've only 
had to make up a few places that didn't exist that I needed for uh, plot purposes or, or setting purposes. So we're gonna we're gonna do that, and you can find information on uh, my website is www.jerrynack.com. My Facebook author page has has it as an event. Um, also, San Francisco Vampire Tours Facebook page. Uh, Kitty is promoting it there as well. Um, I've been shooting out links on Twitter as well, um, which the Twitter feed is is at Get the Knack, and Knack is spelled K-N-A-A-K. But it's gonna be a, a fun event. Uh, I did a walking tour of San Francisco uh, through the Beat Museum, called uh, you know the Beat Tour. And I actually learned a lot of San Francisco history that way. A lot of stuff I didn't know. A few things made it into into my books. Um, you know, the Barbary Coast stuff um, that I had no idea. I'm a transplant. I didn't grow up here, so uh, I'm always learning about the area. And so Kitty and I have got a lot of great stuff planned for that. We're going to give away a full set of The Dark Passage, all three books. We're going to uh, have some other things um, special things planned for uh, for everybody is $25 per person and you pay on the spot when you get there. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we should say, in case everybody's wondering, uh, can, can we take somebody in a wheelchair? Yes, it is. Uh, I've actually, she, I haven't gone on the tour. She, Kitty wants me to, she keeps asking me to go and either our schedules are just, we, they don't align or something's going on. She's inviting me to this one also. Um, don't know if, if we'll be able to go to or not, but we're going to try but those of you who are wondering, yeah, it's it, there's there's actually there's not a lot of hills. I know San Francisco is known for hills. There's not a lot of hills on on this walking tour. It it does take place at the top of Knob Hill. I, I will say that, but it's 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 actually surprisingly pretty flat when when you go through through the tour. Um, and Jerry, I actually was going to tell you that there's actually another. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's called the San Francisco Dungeon. It tells you about the history of San Francisco, but in a more fun way, in a more interactive way. I think you'll like that one. Where you uh, each scene, I'll call it, is uh, a part of San Francisco history, and you get to be a part of it. And it's got live actors, everything, and then some, they randomly pick people to be a part of. Uh, now you get Shanghai, you escape Alcatraz. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, so that's another one that you might, you know, give a try. It's a, it's a like I said, it's a more fun one rather than just a straight museum history of San Francisco. You do get it's factual history; it's not made up. But it is a it's a pretty interactive and fun fun one. It's the uh, the San Francisco Dungeon. If you haven't heard of it, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that, it's in the uh, Fisherman's Wharf area. Uh, it's a, been there for about three years now. It's pretty new, but it's pretty fun actually. Um, so you went ahead and gave us your your website, everything. Um, I, again, I have the the links on the show description for the Amazon where you can order the two books that are out now and pre order the the third one. Third one's coming in. When did you say? Is March or April when it's coming? March March 18th. Yeah. So and like I was like mentioned at the top, you you're not just an author, you also do some other things that uh we probably don't talk about on paranormal perception, but we do on the other show, or at least I do. I know Wednesday doesn't want to hear me talk football even though we had a <laughs> Yeah, there she goes. Lost her. Um but go ahead and talk about what else you do besides the Dark Passage series. Well, the day job, I am the team historian for the Oakland Raiders. So um, I was part of the operation for a long time, and then they created a historian position, somebody to uh, take care of our history and, and tell the stories that have never been told and, 
and tell the other stories uh, properly and in correct context. So um, having to do with our, you know, a lot of our artifacts and our photography collection and, and that kind of thing. I've uh, been with the Raiders since 2000, so this will be my 20th season coming up. Um, so that's a uh, avid blogger. I read a blog called The Jerry Project. I've been doing that for about years now. been hosting my own podcast for about three years now. It uh, shares the same name as my Twitter feed, which is Get the Knack. Just recorded a, a new episode last night. You can find that on SoundCloud or iTunes. And you just search for uh, my last name, K-N-A-A-K, and you can find um, active on Instagram, active on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, there's a blog component to the official website at jerryknack.com. So I write about um, the writing process things that I um, you know, find interesting about uh, being a published author and, and the process that, and that kind of thing. But uh, the, uh, the personal blog started as a way for me to be accountable for, for this weight loss journey I was on, and it just became uh, a creative outlet. So I talked about everything from uh, books, movies, uh, things I find interesting in life, um, memoirs from childhood, you name it. So um, I'm, I'm not a painter. I'm not a sculptor. Uh, so writing is is basically my form of expression. Yeah, and I'll say we have a lot of uh, here in the local listeners. Uh, surprisingly, they're not a lot of them are not in San Francisco. They actually come from the East Bay. So I'm pretty sure a lot of them will be interested in, in the hearing or learning or going over if you already know some of the history of the uh, of the Raiders, especially. <laughs> Whatever that's going to be in the future, whether they're you know when they go to Las Vegas, where they're going to play, where they're not going to play, all, all that stuff. So, uh, I'm sure it's keeping you pretty busy right now. What's going on with with the Raiders? Yeah, you know it's great that you know a lot of that as I get to live in the past. So, um, you know, it's doing research and and cataloging and doing these things and helping out with different things. You know, set a big push to try to get Tom full. Involved in, in helping tell that story. Uh, there's other things that are in the works from my perspective that uh, aren't quite public yet. Don't want to really get into. We haven't announced them yet. Um, but uh, some some really exciting history content about the uh, about the team is is on its way um, in the next couple of months. So um, you know, folks should uh, kind of keep an eye out for that. But uh, if I might, I'd like to uh, mention a couple other uh, book signing of. Sure coming up if that's all right with you yeah go ahead so on march 24th i'll be on at books on b in hayward that's on sunday that's from one to three if you're in the san francisco bay area and you like indie bookstores books on b in hayward is a fantastic store march 30th i'll be out in modesto at barnes and noble and then on april 13th the week after the vampire tour i will be at the dublin Barnes right off of 580 at Hacienda Crossing. So um, four events lined up so far for the book tour. I've got some other pokers in the fire on that one. Just haven't finalized dates just yet. And all the info, I'm assuming, will be on your social media, on the website that you mentioned? 100%. Yeah, it's, and that, again, that's jerrynack.com, K-N-A-A-K.com. Again, all the links on the show description. Jerry, thanks a lot for coming on and letting us know about the Dark Passage series. Uh, uh, thank you also for sending us the books. I'm in the middle of the first one, so I uh, should be done by it by next week or something. Read pretty fast and ready for the third one. Hopefully you guys will too. 
So thanks a lot again for coming on. You're welcome back on the show anytime. Well, thank you very, very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun, and and I think you've also gained a listener here. So there you go. There's Jerry again. That's going to be happening April 6th, a special vampire tour. Yeah, we did talk, actually not on this show on Paranormal, but on the the other show on GeekSpeak. We talked about that she was on the Halloween episode. Um, we've, you and I, we've done ghost tours, walking tours. Do you want to do a vampire tour? Heck yeah. That sounds like a good time. Don't bring, what are the, wait, that's, I was going to say, don't bring a silver bullet, but that's werewolves. What what, what are vampires afraid of? Steaks. Uh, Garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Garlic. Um, what else? Whatever. Holy water. Well, Karen and Jerry, they're, 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 I guess, the modern vampires. They're not as religious anymore like they're like the rest of the world. So if you throw holy water at them, I'm like, what are you doing? This is a brand it's new suit. Water. What you, You're just yeah. splashing them with water. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know how long it took me to clean this suit? Now you splash it with water. What's wrong with you? So that is going to be happening on April 6th. We'll have all the info on the show description. Before we get out of here, though, a couple of things. One, um, uh, you heard him a couple weekends ago, weeks ago, um, Doug Carnahan, our paranormal consultant. He came in and told you what to do in case you accidentally or on purpose. What's wrong with you? Uh, Summon a demon? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to say it? That's cool. Not gonna say it. Huh? That's cool. <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> okay, unless there's something wrong with you or your Wednesday, you usually don't want to summon a demon. Uh, but he told you what to do with that. But he's do- he's putting together a really, really, really haunted one. Not extreme, I hope not, but not extremely haunted, but a really, really haunted one, the Slaughterhouse at uh, T- Tucson, Arizona. SlaughterCon.com, you can get all the tickets. He did let me know they're almost sold out. So if you do want to go, um, SlaughterCon.com is where you go to get your tickets. The other, the big one that we are going to be at, literally going to be there. You'll get the meters. You get to see Wednesday. You get to see me. Raven's going to be out there even. She might do a uh, live tarot reading for you right then and there. And it'll, it'll cost you a smile or please, one of the two. Uh, Virginia City Paracon. Conference and Ghost, and Ghost Hunt's happening May 3rd and 4th in Virginia City, Nevada. VCParacon.com for all the info, all the tickets. Now, in the in that one, the supposedly this is why I've always wanted to go, and you you haven't gone either. You said Virginia City is one of the most haunted places there, and actually, Doug knows a lot of a lot of places besides where we're going to be that that are extremely haunted. I know the answer, but let me ask you anyway. Do you want to go there when we're not at the convention? Uh, obviously, with our cameras. Yes. Uh, okay. So and our microphones. If what are you gonna ask him? What's your favorite dog? <laughs> What's your favorite sports team? Do you like dogs? That's never gonna escape us, is it? Uh, <laughs> right, the other thing is, um, I haven't scheduled anybody yet for next week, and I, I know what you're gonna say. So, besides UFOs, what else should we talk about? Cause we've done just about everything. We've done ghosts or the usual. We've done uh, paranormal investigating from investigators and from you. We've done Bigfoot. We've done. Now vampires even. What should we do next on paranormal perception? Other than UFOs? <laughs> yeah. Um, how about the Loch Ness Monster? I was going to say werewolves, but yeah, because I, I mentioned them accidentally a second ago. But yeah, we could do those. We could do... Um, yeah, I mean... The see, Wendigo. Yeah. Skinwalkers. 
Time yeah. travelers. I'm full of ideas. What about um where was it where you said that there's an actual time traveler that we can talk to? Uh I'll have to like check. There is a place I saw some time there was a forum an internet place a, a probably less than reputable internet place where I found some time <laughs> travelers. Wait, you went on there? Is that why your computer wasn't working the other day? <laughs> probably. Uh so all of that uh uh Slaughterhouse Virginia City Paracon and also the uh, the links for Jerry's uh Jerry's books, Jerry Nack's books all on the show description. We'll be back next week. Don't know if we'll do werewolves or UFOs or what we'll do. Actually, no, I do. I'm just not going to tell you yet. It'll be a surprise for Wednesday and for you guys. So come on back next Wednesday and we will have a new perception on the paranormal then. Bye. Bye. Follow Paranormal Perception on Twitter at ParaPerceptShow and on Instagram at ParanormalPerception. And watch our videos on Vimeo.com slash Paranormal Perception. Paranormal Perception. Paranormal Perception was conjured by the Audio Wizards at 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC.